What's up, everybody? Happy Labor Day, and welcome to a Mongols podcast sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds got a commanding 4 nothing win over Ottawa on Friday, and personally, I'm a little perplexed. We're going to break it all down. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah. 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 Green's yeah. Green's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just realized before starting the intro, Josh, I didn't like say, hey, go. So like, hey, Josh, there it is. <laughs> Victory beverage. Victory Four beverage. goals. Yeah. Three points. Well-deserved. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you heard my feeble attempt at uh, trying to crack open a can on the last episode, but it wasn't that good. You, you, <laughs> you definitely have it down. Um, yeah. Hounds won. Four nothing. I think you know, Josh. You were you were our place watching the game with us. I think after that first goal, we were both like, "What? Uh, what? What? What it just what? happened so early in the game? Like, I wasn't expecting it. Two minutes in, we're just like, all right, get into the groove of this game.' And suddenly we scored. I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay, hmm? that's unexpected. Cool, you know. I expected some like back and forth at this point, and like to see it be more of a you know even game, and then another one. And another one, which is <laughs> like, oh, okay, this game's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Kev, I have a, I have a good sense of uh, Josh's take in the game because he was here, and we actually talked about it a little bit on the full ninety. Give us a takeaway from this. What, what did you see? So it was really weird. I thought, on one hand, I, I, I want to say it was our most solid performance of the year, but on the other hand, I think on another day, um, it wouldn't be a stretch to say we walked out of here with like a nail-nil, even though we were the better team. Um, So it's kind of hard. I I think initial reactions were, this is incredible, we're we're playing great, we've turned the corner back around after we got thumped by North Carolina, we're in good form, all that kind of stuff. But really, I mean, we were just, we were very ruthless um, going forward. We were very clinical. We took probably, what, like 65% of our chances which probably isn't a number you see game to game, um, especially early. Um, every every you know every shot seemed to go in at, at the beginning, and that just kind of put us in cruise control. Um, that being said, I, I still think even even if whatever, even if Brett pulls those shots wide, even if, if Dos Santos pulls that shot wide, we were still the better team. I, I thought we we controlled the game. We didn't give them any chances practically. I mean. It, Defensively, we were really solid. Um, we defended from front to back. I thought both Nico and DeSantos did a good job um, in their defensive duties. Um, and, and I thought Brett and DeSantos and Forbes in particular were like by far and away head and shoulders the best players on the field and would easily you know walk into that Ottawa side, a, a good Ottawa side this year. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't. This wasn't a we're four nil better than them, but we were still better than them. And it still felt really good <laughs> to, to see four goals going. Yeah, it was. Um, it's it's weird because you said you know that you felt that this was one of our better performances, and I don't know if it was just you know we made comments at halftime that it, the rugby jerseys for Ottawa was like making it a little bit weird to watch, and the the crazy color dark there was some filter action going on between different cameras that was making it a little bit skewed but 
overall, I mean, I don't know. It just didn't feel like that complete of a performance. You know, and if you go back and you look online, most Ottawa fans seem to feel that this was their worst performance. So that's fine, um, which it leaves me a bit conflicted because, again, you know, we like to talk about how that New York game, I felt, was probably our best game of the season. Um, and then you have sort of what happened with North Carolina and Loudon. And at this point, I'm trying to figure out what this team is. And I think that on paper, you look at it and you go, oh, wait, Ottawa or the Hounds? The Hounds. So, like, you look at it on paper and you say, oh, the Hounds just won 4 nothing against a team that's just behind them in the tables. Like, we know who this team is. But I think actually watching the performance, I don't feel... Do I feel that the, the the Hounds deserve to win this game? Absolutely. But do I feel like I know for certain this is the team that went to New York and this is what we can expect against Louisville? No, I still don't feel that way. This feels like a different game that was played in a different way. I'm happy with the win. I'm just not, I, I don't know what to expect. Like, I think, again, coming off of, you know, we won last week, we won this week. We went for nothing. Most of the time, I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd feel like we did going into North Carolina. It was like, we just won five straight. We're on a roll. We just steamrolled the top team. I feel extremely confident. But I have no idea what team is going to show up in Louisville at this point. I feel like this was more so a story about how Ottawa was in disarray the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, this, this wasn't so much that the Hounds were dominating the whole game and just you know taking it to them it felt like a lot of mistakes were had by ottawa and we get up on just capitalizing on those mistakes as we should and that's why we were seeing what we were seeing because you you did see stuff like that first goal is a perfect example it was a defensive error they didn't clear the ball out of the back it went right to forbes forbes traps it he he kicks it up to uh brett brett does a great turn so i mean that's a great play and then he uh, slides it over to Dos Santos, who puts it away. So, I mean, that, yes, that was a great play by the Hounds, but it was all because Ottawa was just making silly mistakes and just looking like they were not ready. They were constantly yelling at each other. I mean, I think it was that third goal or second goal where the defense, the defenders just, like, looked at each other like, was he yours? Was he mine? Like, he was supposed to be defending this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Kev, I guess I'll kick that over to you then. Do you feel that this was a game where the Hounds proved that they were the better? better uh, let's let's start that over. Was this a game that Ottawa lost, or was this a game the Hounds won? Yeah, I think this was a game the Hounds won. I, I, I'm a, I don't know. I, I think my tone on this game is going to be a bit different than you guys from from how you guys are talking about it so far. I mean, yeah, we took what Ottawa gave us for sure. But I think at the same time, you know, if you go, so go back and watch the first goal, go back on the highlights and watch the first goal. Um, and with, you know, by the time, okay, so yeah, Morton kicks the ball up, DeSantis wins the header, Brett charges down the defender. Defender kicks it over Brett's head to try to pass it to one of his players and Forbes intercepts it. By the time Brett slips into Santos, it's essentially a four on two. I mean, so this isn't something like Brett and DeSantos are up there alone and we're just kind of, picking up bits we, I mean we're, we're forcing the issue when we need to I mean it, by the time you know it's we have we have guys pushing and going forward we're, we're attacking in numbers at that point it's not you know we're not just sitting deep we're not just absorbing pressure we were on the front foot and, and I think yeah it, we, we didn't completely force them 
into the errors they made, but we we sure as crap made it uncomfortable for them. Um, and this, you know, this wasn't uh, we're gonna. This wasn't. I, I think the Hounds could be forgiven to say, okay, this is an away game against a team that's performing pretty well this season, that's attacking well this season. We're going to sit back early. We're going to soak up pressure. And we're going to do our thing. That's not what they did. I mean, they they came here and acted like the better team, and they performed like the better team. And yeah, we, we they they took what Ottawa gave us, but at the same time, I think we we forced the issue a lot of times as well. On top of playing very solidly, um, very compact, and and a great defensive performance again. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, looking back through things, I don't think they actually had a legit shot on Morton. Um, so the defense, and it, if job. they did, it, it wasn't a, a, like you wouldn't mark it down as like a, you know, a big chance or whatever. It was, it was pot shots. It was just, you know, yeah. I, officially Ottawa has eight shots with two of them on target, but, um, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like that. I mean, I, yeah, I just, I really don't know what to think about it. And I think, I think the most important thing is, is does me being perplexed or anybody being perplexed really matter. I mean, the fact that this is a team that went out and performed in a style that was completely different than what they did in New York and completely different from what they did at Loudoun and still came away with four goals against a, a solid team, I think that's the important thing, right? We just got the three points, so now we just have to pick up and move on. I mean, Kev, you like to say, we have a podcast, so we talk about it, and that's what we do. <laughs> oh, but- of course. Yeah, I can't just say that. No, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think, you know, we, I think, I think we played well. I don't think this was a, this wasn't like how we limped over the line against Loudon one 0 at home and all that kind of stuff. I I think this was another step in the right direction. To me, this wasn't a sign that we're slowing down towards the end of the season. To me, this was a sign that we're picking up. Um, I, I thought uh, two points to bring up here. I thought um, early on, I thought it was pretty clear that uh, Ottawa's plan was to go to Francois like any moment they could. Um, a lot of times they're clearing the ball off to the right flank and just having Francois chase it down. And, you know, after we shut it down for like three or four times in a row, they just stopped going to him. And I thought Francois had a pretty quiet night, actually. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something that, you know, it, it was, I don't know if it was necessarily a tactical plan. I don't know if you can plan for that, but the players handled it really well in the field and, and solved the problem in the field. The other point that I want to bring up, I mean, and I'm sure you guys would have brought this up eventually, but... Brett is on form right now. I thought <laughs> Brett. I thought Brett was easily man of the match, um, and this he he showed signs of the Brett um, that we saw last season when he was in a role chasing Golden Boot and all that kind of stuff. Some and it's not even just the touches. I mean, yeah, his his first touch to, is incredible. His vision to slide, you know, the, the pass to slide into Santos was perfectly weighted. His finishing was great once again. You know, he's he's hitting bottom corner every single time side netting um but on top of that it's the small th- i mean it's it's how he holds the ottawa defenders off the ball it's how he brings other player players into play it's how he chases down the ball and all like i mean he he's he put in a complete performance uh for me he, he was yeah he was incredible today it made me think Not a little today, bit but yeah the weekend it made me think a little bit coming into the show um you know if we were you know say the season ends today and you're having a draft and you get to pick one of our forwards. Who are you taking, Josh? Are you taking Brett? Are you taking Dos Santos? Are you taking Valeski? I mean, after this game you have to take Brett. That the Brett Who's was taking Valeski? To... That's what I <laughs> Why'd you even Ouch. throw that out? Ouch. So you know, yeah. you No, he's good. But like he's <laughs> not better than 
He's playing the long game. He's, he has a, a long career ahead of him or something. I don't know. That's all I got. But no, Brett, this game, like, Brett had... I, I, it was like three times at least that I remember the ball coming to him, his back to goal, him trapping the ball and turning and having complete control over that ball and being able to like turn and go right to goal with, you know, essentially like two kicks or two touches and just thinking like, wow, that's, that's amazing. And the defenders just being baffled by it and be like, how did he turn <laughs> from back to goal? So simple. And it was just, it was fun to watch. It was a lot of fun. Like this is a probably, I don't know if it's just Brett hasn't been this way all season or if I'm just not catching it as often, but this game, especially I was just like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Brett's awesome. <laughs> I think it's, it's funny because I think coming into the season, there was a lot of discussion and we saw it early on where Brett was sort of benched in favor of Dos Santos and Valeski. And I don't know if that was Lily trying to say like, you know, these were my guys from before and this is how we're going to do things. But regardless, Brett has just sort of played his way into like, yeah, go ahead and try to bench me. Um, yeah. He's, he's been a stud. So it's good to see him in form, especially at this point in the season when we're heading down the stretch and we're going to need it. So, yeah. Did, did you, did you guys think that there was a, uh, like a formation change? Um, and, I mean, it actually was picked up, I guess, by, like, you know, if you go on, like, the game recap of the game, they have it listed as a 5-3-2. And, and that, but that's something that I wanted to kind of talk about. Is It looked like a 5-3-2 as well. And to, to my knowledge, that's the first time we've played that all season. To have a clear, because it, it did very much seem like it's DeSantos and Brett partner, partnering each other up top, two forwards. And then, yeah, the three midfielders behind them in the bank of five. Um I thought that was, you know, noteworthy to say when we when we roll up with a with a new formation that we haven't played all season and it works to a four 0 win. <laughs> it's it's interesting. And when you first see that, you would think like five three two that it would be more defensive minded and it wouldn't it wouldn't be you know fun attacking soccer, but it definitely did not translate as that at all. Uh, it's you know as always it, having wingers coming up the sides and just feeling like at any second we can be pressing with if a lot more than two so. Yeah, James and Dover are just, they're consistent as ever. I mean, I, I don't think either of them have really had a bad game. I think I think James had a slow start to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since, both of them have been on fire and just never put a foot wrong. Always in the right position. I mean, one, one to, like quintessential James was, I think it was like the 80th minute. You know, tired legs, all that kind of stuff. People were getting subbed in on on and off. And Ottawa, the, you know, they have possession of the ball. They make a big kind of cross-field switch to the play. And, you know, in your frame, it's like, oh, yeah, it's going to meet. And then James just sprints from the left side of the screen and just intercepts the ball and starts a counterattack. I mean, both of, the, both of them give, give us, you know, the width we need. And, all. It, they, yeah, they had another good game. And, and I think it's, I don't know, I, because they're so consistent, because they're so, you know, 7 or 8 out of 10 every week, I think – it's understandable that we sometimes forget to talk about them and kind of, you know, point them out as, as having good performances. So, you know, just making sure that we point them out again. I thought once again, they put it in a, a seven or eight out of 10 performance. I mean, they're, they're in like Greenspan out of Wally territory, right? We say yeah. this all the time where it's just like, we don't talk about them because they're just consistently doing what you expect them to do. And they're just not an issue. So they're just always there. And I think what's funny is that we saw this from Dover last season, but obviously there was that missing piece on the other side of the field. And the fact that Lily was able to go out and get James. And now you sort of have this matching attack on either side where it's a double threat is, uh, 
it's definitely made the difference so far this season. I think one of the big surprises when the uh, uh, when the lineup came out was the fact that there was no Mertz on the field. Um, and so, yeah, I think, Josh, you pointed out we were in my backyard, and you were like, whoa, no Mertz. So, I mean, it worked out. I was expecting him to come on as a sub. He didn't even come on as a sub. Um, I don't think he needed to. I, f- yeah. I feel like he might have been, you know, there in the reserves for, uh, you know, some extra firepower near the end or maybe even halftime or something like that. But when you're winning 3-0 at half, why bring in Mertz? <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly. No, I agree. And I thought it was interesting, too. We talked a little bit about it last week where it felt like both Kenny and Mertz ended up dropping way back because Von Kiesi was out on a red. And so we were sort of tossing some ideas around online, uh, John Krasinski, Matt Geica, uh, and myself, and just sort of spitballing, like, you know, okay, if, if this happens again where Tommy V's out, is there a way that we can keep having an attack-minded offense um, while still having a solid defense? And one of the ideas that was floated was, well, you could always have Dabo sort of sit in front of the defense, which we did here, even though Tommy V was back, but it did feel like that allowed Kenny more freedom to push forward. As we saw on that first goal where he sort of just stepped in literally his interception was a one touch. Like it was a one touch clean to Nico who did the one touch turn and just dropped it right into, I mean, yeah, if you, if you want to go back and watch sort of one of the prettiest goals that if you ever wanted to say, if everything is going right, this is what's going to happen. That's, that was the case there of everything going right. Um, and it working out because we've seen that happen before and then it's wide or it's saved or whatever it, may it, be. it was like a computer game it, it was. was like yeah. it, you, you could kind of see three steps ahead of the play of what needed to be done but obviously so often when humans are involved in things it's the you know, it's usl like, like oh yeah <laughs> like there's a bobble of the ball you know you have a mistouch the pass isn't perfect it's a little under hit all that, none of that was the case it was just all yep you do this and you do that and you do that and it ends up in a goal yeah We'd be remiss to not give uh, Sammy Kasai a shout-out. His first professional goal was sort of a, <laughs> a wonder goal where he was tracking back, the player with the ball. If you've ever played, it sort of felt like one of those things where the ball's sticky and, like, your foot sort of, like, slips off it. And so he was able to pounce on it. He took one touch and drilled it probably 40 yards um, over the keeper's head. I think it was further than that. It was, it, like, close to the halfway line. Yeah. Um, it was right at the, the end of the circle. Yeah, uh, closest uh, okay. to the goal. Yeah, and uh, and the keeper, I I keep going back to watch replays to try to see if I can see where the keeper was when he hit it, and there's no it shot that show. shows that. Yeah, it doesn't show it. Um, it just sort of shows the keeper tracking back, and it almost felt like the keeper thought it was going wide, even when he was like right on top of the goal. But uh, kudos to Kasai. Well, you, you think you think like we tested him about it too, right? Was it was it Brett earlier on in the game who tried to yeah who tried like a forty yard. Trying to lot, you know, trying to catch the keeper out and you know miss hit it or whatever. So we even warned him like, hey, you should get back on your line. And, and, uh, and Brett did it in the last game too. Like he didn't score, yeah. but he tried it. We talked about it, Kev, and and so it's just yeah, it's just becoming something else we do. And I think that third goal. I mean, it wasn't way far out, but the third goal mm. was essentially uh, DeSantos chipping the ball over the keeper and it trying to get a goal, and then Brett. Uh, kind of towed it in uh, it looked like it was coming close to going in without brett's help but uh so yeah it, it, a couple of chips in this game and two of them paid off yeah agreed so do okay let me ask you this because i don't feel like I, I necessarily have learned anything about this team other than the fact that 
the Hounds are, they're finding a way to win, which is something that I think in past years we've struggled with. And I think that's a very important takeaway is that regardless of how we play or what we're doing, we're finding a way to win. Did you guys learn anything else about this team or feel like you learned something new about the Hounds from this game, Kev? Yeah, I think two big things. Um, if you look at our goals against uh, numbers, I think I think we have 28 goals against this season, which for the teams around us is very average. Like we're, it's it, we're not great on on goals against right now, um, but uh, in the past two games we have two shutouts, and I think there has been some, it's not only just two shutouts, you know it's 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 two shutouts where like Morton hasn't had to make like 10 saves and has been man of the match. It's been two shutouts where we've been pretty solid. Um, not not pretty solid, very solid. Um, so I think there's suggestions that we could be. I, I don't know. I mean, look, we talked about it earlier in the season. It felt like both Greenspan and Adewale were a bit shaky at the beginning of the season. I think Greenspan in particular, where the opposition would just run directly at him and he wouldn't know what to do, and he, he, the player would just go around him and he would get caught. Um, now I think that's not the case. We're starting to look, we're, we're looking more solid defensively. The second thing, um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think it's at this level, it's so hard to do the simple basic things consistently and well. And, and what I mean by that is, is honestly just like making a pass to the, like to your player and kind of leading them in the direction you want to lead them, right? Like if the, if the player is left-footed and he wants to turn to the left, like making sure the ball is inch perfect right where it needs to be, hit with the right, you know, weight on it and all that kind of stuff. It's it's small things and, and watching it doesn't seem like it's that special, but it keeps things ticking over nicely. It keeps the pace up going. And, and that's something that I think in this game, exemplified by the goals, that's something that the Hounds are starting to doing. They're starting to do the simple things consistently and doing them really well um none of the none of those even three yeah three goals the first three goals none of those first three goals happen if you know each pass isn't perfectly weighted and each pass was perfectly weighted it, they, it looks easy and it looks like we're just kind of rolling the ball and then it's not um and, and i thought that that shows I, th- I think when teams start doing that especially at that level um, that's when you start kind of separating yourself from from the teams around you is when is when you can kind of consistently do that week in week out that's that's a big that's a big separation yeah i mean was it eight games seven wins as far as the last eight games that's freaking huge mm-hmm. that, that that is amazing and that is i know it's kind of hard to look at it when you have that five zero stomping that we had but that's an outlier that's not this team so to be able to look at the record in the last like 10 games and be able to see that good of a record and just the way they've been playing. There's a lot of shutouts there. There's a lot to be positive about. And this is the exact opposite of last season. When we were going towards the playoffs last season, we were, we are losing steam. It felt like things were kind of starting to show some weakness and it wasn't, we weren't going into the playoffs the strongest. It, feels like at this point that we're going into the home stretch up not down that we're we're gaining momentum right now not losing it and so like it it it's funny because we had that question you know is this team better than last year yeah yeah it is and especially at this moment this team is 
firing on all cylinders and it's looking good and we're we're having positive results both defensively and offensively so i'm super pumped as far as you know the rest of the season i'm feeling like we're getting a home playoff game and that's you know it's gonna be hard but i feel like this team's up to it yeah and shout out to justin and steve who uh on the preview show statistically proved that this year's team is better than last year's team um I heard Kev after after we threw it to him, Justin wasn't so thrilled that we tasked them with that. But uh, they did as a great he job. shouldn't be, as I would be uh, <laughs> I would be a little upset too. And I don't I don't know if you noticed they didn't ask us a question this go round because <laughs> they're probably worried we're gonna throw <laughs> something else back at them. We shut that down pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> Although they, and they probably know if they asked us to do any level of like work, we'd be like, no, nah, we're not gonna. <laughs> There's like an 80 20 chance that <laughs> yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't go into specifics about statistically why this team is better. Uh, go listen to them. They deserve all the credit. So go listen to the preview show leading into this game where they actually break it down and they look at all the numbers and statistically prove that this year's Hounds is better. Even though the records are similar, they have the numbers to back up why this team is better and why should why you should be so excited about it. So kudos to them for that. Um, two, two, two home games coming up, too. So... Yeah, we we haven't lost uh, at home in a long time. So you would think, fingers you know, fingers crossed that at the bare minimum, that's two more points. Um, But you would you would expect it to be a little higher. Two more wins, you mean? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's jump around. No, I was gonna say like two points, just because we don't lose. I mean, so at the very least, it's gonna be two draws. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's look at the standings just a little bit. So the Steel Army tweeted this out. um, If you missed it, but the standings themselves, the Hounds are currently in fifth. We're tied on points with Indy, who are in fourth. Now Indy still has two games in hand on us, which is ridiculous. They've played three less games than New York, four less games than Nashville. So Indy is really the team we got to keep an eye out for here because they're they're playing well and they got way more games in hand than anybody else at this point. So if anybody's going to make a lot of noise, it's Indy. But the Hounds have 47 points in fifth place. New York's in first place with 53 points. So we're six points out of first place and we have a game in hand on New York. Um, and other than Indy, we have a ga- at least a game in hand on everybody above us. So going into this stretch here of these three games leading up to Louisville, we sort of talked about the over. I set the over under at six and a half points. We got six points so far. So I think none of us are probably going to predict a loss in this game against Louisville. So we all took the over. So I think we're all feeling good about the over of at least seven points out of these three games. I was predicting nine points out of these three games. And Kevin, you asked the question of if we get nine points, where do I think we sit? And I think at that point I said third. And you sort of said, yeah, like I think that makes sense. Up until this point, we've been talking about is this team, are we good enough for fourth place? Do we actually think it's going to happen? Looking at the table now and looking at how things are shaking out and the fact that a number of these teams above us have to play each other still, you know, Indy just played Louisville and they both played each other to they played each other to a draw, which benefits us because they only got a point this week. Is first place out of the question here? I mean, it feels like just a few weeks ago first place was slightly out of the question. But the fact that we're only 6 points out of first but we have a game in hand. We have two games in hand on Nashville, who are in second place. We have a game in hand on Tampa, who is currently on a bit of a slide. Tampa have lost three of their last five games. Realistically, I, 
the Hounds could end up first in the East. Does that feel far out? I mean, Josh, you're sort of shaking your head. Do you feel like that's that's a stretch? Yeah, and only because I'm looking at who New York has left to play, and there's not a single match in here where I'm thinking, ooh, that's going to be a tough one for New York to win. I mean, they have Indy still, uh, but Indy, like we t- talked about, isn't you know the end-all, be-all team. And then no one else really in the top section – uh is left louisville north carolina's not great birmingham loudon like I, they don't have people left that I'm, I'm really like oh no they're they're gonna drop points there so i i i don't want to get my hopes up about catching up to new york i'm still i'm actually still worried about getting fourth place i i don't know if that is gonna be all that simple uh not to say at least about second or third Kev? Oh, no. I mean, I, I look, I don't – anything could happen, and at six points is absolutely – you could pull that in. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, we could do it. Um, I don't think we're going to do it. I, like, And as, as I, both of you guys have alluded to, I don't think it's even Tampa or New York that we necessarily have to worry about. It's Indy. Um, although I think the only in, thing with Indy's situation – is yeah they're, they're playing well they have the points they have the games in hand still and all that kind of stuff i'd i'd still rather be in a position where i have points on the board rather than games i have to play um so and there's gonna be you know there's gonna be a time their their schedule will just kind of have to pick i assume so i don't know i haven't looked at how their game how indies games are spread out but i assume it's things are going to start to get compressed and they're going to start more frequently playing two games in a week um, and that's not an easy thing to do. Um, so, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Indy slip up and, and, you know, draw a couple of games they should win or even lose a couple of games they should win. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we can do it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just really tight right now. And it's hard to say. But the best thing we have going for us is I think we're in really good form. Yeah. Sort of looking at the table or sort of comparing the table to the rest of our schedule because I think that's really what it comes down to. And I'm not making this point to support my argument. I'm still sort of throwing it out there just as as a theory that we could potentially gun for first. But when you look at our remaining games, we have nine games left. Only three of those are really against teams that probably are out of the playoff hunt. So Atlanta, Loudoun, and Memphis. Um, Again, none of these games are gimmies. Then we have two games against teams that are currently above us, Nashville and Indy. So those games are really going to be huge. Um, basically, are they home or away? In three weeks, we play Nashville away. And yeah. then in uh, three, four, five weeks, we play Indy at home. So that game right there could be the decision maker in terms of where we – I shouldn't say it should be. It, being able to, to you know have a six-point swing against Indy would be great. Where we get three, they get none um, at home. And then the rest of the teams that we're playing are all sort of like bubble teams, which again sort of makes me a little bit nervous. You have Louisville, who are sort of up and down, and Louisville we'll talk about in a minute. They're currently on a hot streak, just like Louisville always are at the end of the season. But then you have the Battery that are sort of on the bubble. You have um, St. Louis that are sort of on the bubble, and you got Birmingham that are sort of on the bubble. So all of those teams are going to be scratching and clawing to try to make their way in. I think the encouraging thing is that we got Louisville, Battery, Nashville. Then we have 
Memphis, Indy, Loudon, Atlanta. So you're thinking we should at least get nine points out of that four. Indy's the only one that's not, you know, you're sort of worried about, but we're playing Indy at home. And so if you play the numbers, we're at least getting a point out of that. So that's like 10 points over four games, which is great down that stretch. Then you only have two games left. Now, unfortunately, both on the, or I'm sorry. Yeah, two games left, both on the road at St. Louis and Birmingham. So who knows what's going to happen there. But I haven't spent a lot of time sort of looking at everybody else's schedule, but I feel like this is relatively favorable. Um, Josh, to your point, it's not going to be easy. I think they're going to, we're going to have to earn every point we get, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, in looking at Indy's uh, schedule, they have five midweek games Oof. coming up. They, they have Wednesday games like pretty much every other week going forward. It's not going to be easy for them. And they have one of those Wednesdays games is against the Red Bulls. Oof. So, I mean, uh, yeah, they they have a pretty hard, you know, hill to climb here as far as what games they have to make up. And that was kind of just curious because of what Kevin was saying about, you know, you would rather have points on the board than uh, games to make up in hand. And, yeah, Indy having all these extra games in hand means they're going to have a lot of uh, midweek games where tired legs and – it's not going to be easy for them. They do play a couple of easy teams in there. It's not going to be completely hard. But even if you're playing two lower table teams in a week, that's still a lot of rotation to worry about. And just, it's not going to be easy. So let me ask you this. Okay, we won't we won't say first. We won't say first is out of the question, but we also won't say first. I'm going to say that the Hounds finish the season. Um, we'll put the line at... Three and a half. How confident are you that they finish above that line versus below that line? Kev, I'll start with you. Are the are the Hounds ending up above the three and a half line or are they below the three and a half line for the season? Hmm. I don't know. Um, can I say that? Can I say that? Can I say that on a podcast? Um. I'll say I'll say above. I'll say we finished third strictly because I think we're hitting form. I think the only thing that could go against us is these next two games are vital for us. Um, they're two home games. Um, and then after that, in the remaining seven games, five are away from home. I mean, that's tough. Um, so with some midweek games sprinkled in there. So that that could be a that could be a real hiccup to us but i think yeah we're in good form we're healthy i mean no one's hurt you know everyone seems to be fine so um we have a bigger squad to pick from that's going to be good so yeah i I mean i i would say i feel pretty comfortable with fourth now like I, i i think it would be i think if we're sitting here at the end of the season and we're in fifth I think all of us collectively are saying, eh, we kind of dropped the ball on this one and we didn't we didn't finish the way we should have or expected us to. Um, I think all of us are expecting at least fourth at this point, which is good. Um, which is, yeah, it's, it's a big turnaround. Again, there was not too long ago, we were, we were questioning whether or not we were a playoff team and, you know, us, were, we, we were legitimately saying, I don't know. Um, so the fact that now we're at a point where we all feel, I think I could say, um, pretty comfortable in saying that we're going to finish fourth at least that's that's a great spot to be in josh you taking the over the under three and a half uh i'm i'm saying fourth uh, i i want to see us ahead of that 
I think, unfortunately, a lot of it is going to be out of our hands, though. It's not about how good we are. It's about how good everyone else is in the games that they play. So uh, with that kind of feeling, it being out of our hands for the most part, it kind of is up to the soccer gods. Um, and the soccer gods are never kind to the riverhounds. So <laughs> I'm, I'm saying fourth is uh, more likely where it's going to be at. Josh, okay, who do you think are the three that finish above us? So right now, it's Indy, Tampa, Nashville, and the Red Bulls that are ahead of us. Um, one of those teams we would have to finish ahead of, obviously, if we finish fourth. Who do you, who do you think is going to fall out? I think all that's going to change is Indy and uh, the Hounds flip. So I think it's going to be New York. Actually, I feel, I feel like it's going to be New York, Tampa, Nashville, Riverhounds. Huh. is what I think the, the top four is going to be um, with Indy right below us. Mike? I'm going to take... I was all set to take the over, and I know I started this conversation with, like, the Hounds have a shot at first. But, Kev, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned the midweek games, um, and I think that we really need to watch ourselves here because we have a week off and we play Louisville on Saturday. We'll get another week off. We'll play Charleston at home on Saturday. Get a week off, we travel to Nashville, okay, on Saturday. Following Tuesday, we go to Memphis. Following Saturday, we get Indy at home. The following Tuesday, we go to Loudoun. The following Saturday, we get Atlanta at home. And then, basically, we have a week off. So there's going to be a two-week stretch where we will have one, two, three, four, six games in two weeks. So I think that right there, whether we can keep the wheels on this train during that two-week stretch is really going to determine where we end up. And I think if we come out of that and we're still sitting in fourth, or we, we, we come away with the ability to lock down fourth or higher, I'm going to be beyond pleased at this point. Um, or at that point, I should say. But that's really where we're going to sort of not necessarily see what we're made of because that's just a tough stretch, man. No, Regardless of who we're playing. I mean, you got Loudon and Memphis – and Atlanta, all part of those six matches. But the fact that it's back to back to back to back, two weeks of midweek games, that's not it's not very nice for us. So oh, that's depressing. I mean but <laughs> but keep in mind the, the midweek games are against Memphis, not a good team. Can our B team beat Memphis? I feel like they can. And then on Tuesday, the next midweek game, we have Loudon, not a good team. <laughs> I yeah. feel like our B team can beat them. So at least if we do it right, the the easy teams to beat are the ones that are on, in the midweek. It's not like we're playing indie midweek or something like that. Yeah. So that could be good. Yeah, there's going to have to be some rotation because before that Memphis game, we play Nashville. So like it's probably going to be all hands on deck to try to beat Nashville. Yes. Then you go to Memphis, you sort of play the B squad. Then you got Indy coming up the following Saturday, which you're going to want your A team. Then you got your B team yep. at Loudoun. Then you come back on you know, that following Saturday, October 5th, at home to play Atlanta, where you could sort of play whoever isn't on crutches or broken or whatever at that point <laughs> and hope that you can eke out a win against Atlanta and then rest up for St. Louis the following week. So, uh, <sighs> oh, man. This is going to be rough. This is going to be really <laughs> rough. I mean – uh, I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of uh, heads and hands and thinking like, can we do this? <laughs> like worries. Uh, yeah. Okay, so le- let's let's rephrase it then. Instead of putting the the bar at three and a half, let's just say, uh, 
how confident are you that this team ends up in a position to host a home playoff match uh, in the first round? So fourth or above. Kev, are you changing at all based on no? No, I, I still I still think we it's more likely that we finish fourth or above than it's not. You know, okay. like so like I think it's more likely we finish fourth than it is below fourth. Um, yeah, strictly like I, I look because I think the other thing is we've talked about how tight it is between us and the people above us, but we are slowly starting to put some separation between us and everyone else as well. Um, so North Carolina are only behind us now by a point, but we still have two games in hand. Yes, we have to play in the middle of the week, all that kind of stuff, but still. Um, so I, w- I would expect some separation to start happening between fifth and everyone else. And and so it'll be tight between the, the, the four teams above us. And just honestly, I think the, the two factors that give me the most confidence that we will finish fourth or higher is that, yeah, we still have more games. We, we have the possibility, we have the opportunity to pick up more points than a lot of the teams ahead of us. And... We're in a good run of form. I, I I don't know the form table off the top of my head of the other teams ahead of us. I'm sure they're fine, but they're probably not what Josh, you said, like seven wins in the last eight or something. It's probably not that. So I arguably we're one of the, not arguably, it's, this is a numbers thing that I just don't have the numbers in front of me. But I would it would, I would guess we're one of the most informed teams right now, and it, and it doesn't look like there's any signs of that slowing. So I think that combined with the games in hand thing make me confident that we're, we'll drag at least one team behind us and finish fourth. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you, while, while you were going down that rabbit hole, I started looking at everybody else's schedule above us, and at least Nashville and Tampa have... They've got maybe one or two questionable games, but everything else, it's like Tampa still gets to play Hartford and Beth Steele. <laughs> like, ugh. so we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is going to be one of those like stretch runs where everybody's just scratching and clawing. And even though you win, you look, and everybody else may have won too. And so it's just you're hoping somebody drops points. I mean, Josh still has to answer the question, and so do you, honestly. But, um, I, the, we'll, I'll say really quickly. I think, I mean, this is this is this is what we want, though, right? This is exciting. Like last year, yeah. like there was what it was the it was, it was Louisville and someone else who just ran away with it. Cincy, um, Cincy, right? It was Cincy, Duh. Yeah. Um, that's why I couldn't think of them because they're no longer in the league. Um, they were never important. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and and everyone was like, okay, well, you know, they're they're running away with it, and okay, let's see where we can finish up. But it was it was like set and settled, you know. We're we're nine eight games out, and you know, no one really knows. No one really, no one. You can't. I mean, like obviously, there's higher probabilities for certain teams, but you can you can you can see any of the top five teams kind of switching positions on each other, and so that's that's really exciting. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, Josh, you mentioned Cincy and Kev, you sort of inadvertently mentioned Cincy. The good news was that uh, Phoenix sort of set the league record for as early as they did, so Cincy no longer holds that. So congrats to Phoenix. We'll just give them a quick shout-out. Um, they what after their about? What record? So <laughs> Phoenix, basically, with their run of wins that they're on, they have more points at this point in the season than Cincy did last year. So uh, Cincy's nice. basically going to run away with sort of the league championship prior to the playoffs. They'll they'll sort of be the team with the most points. But they got to that point before Cincy did last year. So Cincy no longer holds that crown. So they had it for 
a year and then a team that's still in the USL was able to, to, to trump that. So I think, I guess I'll answer it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried now. I mean, sort of looking at everything, I think that, you know, the teams that are above us are New York, Nashville, Tampa, Indy. And I think the only one that I feel somewhat comfortable about sort of knocking out of there could be Indy just because they do have so many more games to cram in than we do. So I'm nervous, but I'll say four. I'll say that we end up top four and and we do it. Indy's goal difference isn't that great. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really strong defensively. They're the best in the league, or at least in the Eastern Conference defensively, with only letting up 18 goals um, in 23 games. Uh, but, I mean, their goal, you know, we still have a better goal difference than them. North Carolina, who's behind us, has a better goal difference than them, and everyone obviously above them have, has, a, has a much bigger goal difference than them. So, I mean, they can be got at for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's been a long time since I asked the question, so I'll reiterate it. Josh, how confident are you that we finished fourth or above at this point? I'm pretty confident. I feel like Indy, I I feel like we're going to finish in fourth. I don't feel like we're going to get above fourth. Third would be awesome, but I don't see second or first. And that kind of sucks because if you're second or first, uh, you get to play a team who's on short rest. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would have been really nice. But instead, we're going to probably finish up in third or fourth which means we still get a home playoff game, but we're just playing a team who's had a week rest. Uh, so it is what it is. It's more of a fair fight, uh, but we're still at home, so we have the advantage. But yeah, I, I feel like Indy is the weak link here. If I was an Indy supporter, I would be really scared of this coming up stretch because of how many midweek games and just how dog-tired the team's going to be. And looking at the Riverhounds right behind you, I, I would I would feel the pressure. And yeah, and I feel like there's a reason for that. It, it's it's. I feel like we're going to be the favor to get fourth place over Indy, um, by a non-partial, uh, you know, supporter or a spectator, and so I'm feeling pretty good about fourth. Yeah, I mean, Indy has to play the Red Bulls. They have to play the Battery. That's a bubble team. They've got to play Birmingham. It's a bubble team. They have to play us. They have to play the Fury. That may be a bubble team. They've got to pay, play the Rowdies, which are above them. So yeah. It, it, you know, what's funny is we talk about a show that, like, we don't really do our homework. I came into this conversation going, guys, we got a shot at first in, like, on air <laughs> doing our homework. It's like, we're looking at fourth. You showed your work. That's <laughs> all. You just showed your work. That's why exactly. you did your homework. Yeah. We, I was just talking through how we do the problem. Rather than giving the answer, exactly. we were we were proving the theory live for everybody. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Guys, uh, moving on briefly. So there was some news that broke after our last show last week that uh, the USL has signed a deal with ESPN. Um, brand new deal. ESPN, uh, three-year deal. USL will continue to be on ESPN, ESPN Plus through 2022. The formal press release doesn't mention it, but there was some stuff that came out through The Athletic, and there were a few other sources that mentioned that ESPN is actually paying the USL to air the shows, which is sort of, or the games, which is the first time that that's really happened for this league. Some are saying that it's in the low seven digits. um, And uh, the USL has come out and said that that in theory will be spread amongst all of the teams, both USL championship and USL league one. So running some of the numbers, we're probably looking at potentially getting somewhere in the range of 20 to 40 grand out of this deal. Like the hounds, um, Josh is a good deal, right? 
Yeah, I mean, first off, uh, there was a lot of fear, a lot of talk that Flow Sports was going to get it. And Flow Sports, if you don't know who they are, they're absolutely terrible. They just they have a shoddy infrastructure. They have been pretty much screwing up everything uh, with, I think, Chicago Fire has them. I can't remember what MLS team has them, but there's an MLS team who has them for their local TV rights, and it just the streams are always crashing. It never seems to be up. It's just a lot of headaches. But Flow is paying the big, the biggest, you know, uh, paycheck for it. So uh, a lot of teams were going towards that route, or kind of like flirting with the idea of going towards Flow. Um, so the fact that that was the rumor, and a lot of people were scared of it, and there was a lot of uproar online about like, do not do this, do not do this. No matter how much money they're giving you, don't do it. And they didn't do it, which is great. And the fact that we actually get money out of this deal um, is a big step for this league. It it isn't. It used to be, you know, hey, we'll put it up online for free ourselves, so we're paying a lot of money. And then it went to ESPN. It's like, hey, we're not going to pay you, but you don't have to pay us. You know, just if you'll host it, that's the cost. <laughs> so essentially ESPN was just doing it for free so that they had more content and our games were available. So that was the deal there. And now they actually be making money off of it. It's not a lot of money. And it, I heard that it might be actually like closer to like a million dollars instead of four million so like even if it's like let's say if they evenly split it i think like thirty thousand dollars per team that's an employee yeah <laughs> i mean you know what i mean like that's that's one extra person you can hire um so it's it's something so i'm i'm pretty happy about it yeah and i think the the interesting thing is is that to this point this this shows some validation in what the USL is doing. Not that there hasn't been validation previously, but the fact that ESPN is willing to fork over some money, whether they see the value in the USL or not, it means that at least somebody else did that forced ESPN to pony up and pay some money to keep airing the show or keep airing the games. There's some value. People are watching the games on ESPN. And honestly, when they signed the deal with ESPN, I know there was a lot of back and forth about, is this good? What are the streams like? Oh, they still have the Hound's old logo. You know, you can't find the games. Most of that seems to be ironed out. I mean, I log into the ESPN app now, and because the Hounds are one of my teams, that's one of the first things that shows up. So I, I have no complaints. I've been happy with ESPN thus far. So I'm... From a from a viewing standpoint, considering that this is you know Division Two soccer, I probably couldn't be happier with this deal. So, Kev, are you you're you're good with all this? Yep. No, I, I I'll keep it short. I have nothing to add. You guys hit everything. Yeah. Awesome. So we talked a lot about standings and sort of what the Hounds have to do. Everything starts with Louisville this Saturday at home. Um, I don't even like, yeah, where, where do we go? I mean, what are, what are we doing here? It's, well, I already said that, you know, we're all predicting at least a draw. So that'll be seven points over the last three games, which no matter what point of the season, you're going to be happy with Louisville. Like I mentioned is on, is one of those teams that always for whatever reason seems to get hot towards the end of the season. And this is really no difference than the last five games. They've won four. They just drew one, one against Indy. Like I said, which plays to our favor, because they're not, you know, they kept two points off the table for both of those teams, which is great. But, uh, guys, uh, you know, three points. You've, are we feeling confident that the Hounds can get a win here, or are we more cautious? Kev, I know you said going into the last game that you were thinking that if the Hounds were going to drop points, it was probably going to be against Ottawa, and you were feeling pretty confident about Louisville. Is that still the case? Yeah. No, and, and it's, I mean, yeah, you could say Louisville are kind of coming in hot, but... 
I mean, it's not like they're they're not getting four nil wins on the road like we are. I mean, it's it's you know it, it, taking out their win against Atlanta two at home in their past however many games. It's a one one. It's a one nil win. It's a two one win. It's a one nil win. You know, it's a it's a one nil loss to Beth Steele. It's a one one. You know, so it's they're not they're not putting up huge numbers, and you you wouldn't expect them. You know, with, with scoring maybe an average of one or two games at most a game, you wouldn't expect them to have those same numbers at high mark against, you know, how, how well we're playing defensively at the moment. So, yeah, I, I, their form might be fine, but our form is better and we're even better at home and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think we have Louis, Louisville kind of pegged this year. I think at the end of last season, and I know there was going to be a lot of changes um, with they had a lot of, a lot of their big players going out and all that kind of stuff, um, but I thought it was really important for us to to jump ahead of Louisville, as you know, because they're they're kind of this iconic team in the East for so long. They're they're such a dominant team in the East, and we wanted to be at the top of the perch in the Eastern Conference with Cincy going out and all that kind of stuff. And so I mean, this will be a big game to kind of cement them as finishing below us um, going into the playoffs, which I think is important. And, and I think we'll do it. I think there's no reason to to think otherwise. Josh, you confident the Hounds get a win here? I think we can, yeah, definitely. Um, Louie hasn't really been that impressive to me. Uh, they do, looking at their schedule coming up, is uh, they have the least amount of weekend or weekday games I've seen. I think they only have one. Uh, but they also have still have to play us in Tampa and New York. So they have some harder games in that mix. So it kind of, you know, it's one of those teams that where – in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, are they going to be sneaking up on us? Are they going to be, you know, contending for that fourth place position? And it doesn't look like I'm, I should be too scared of them with the teams they have left to play, including us, because I do think we're the better team and it's at home and, you know, Highmark has become a fortress and that's something that's been not true in seasons past. So the fact that I can say that, uh, and uh, it feels pretty good, so I'm I'm hoping for a win here. I think it's more likely for a win than a draw. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you guys. I think the Hounds get three points. I think it's a three nothing win. I think we shut it down on defense. I think we put three more away. And it, I think I think the amazing thing to me is last season it was very much a okay we're gonna shut you out and we're gonna score a goal and so we're gonna win a game and that just We've had more games where we've scored more than one. I'm going to make this stat up because I don't actually have it in front of me. It feels like we have more games where we've scored more than one goal than we've had where we've scored one or less. Um, so our, our, our Monday recorded show, the tagline for it should be, we feel like dot dot dot. <laughs> that should be the uh, that should be their, our tagline. I think we just found our show title. Kev, give me a score prediction here. I'll say uh, 2-0 to the Hounds. 2-0. Josh, what are you taking? I, I like that score. 2-0. I'm going to steal it. Okay. 2-0. So that's what we think. Let us know what you think about all of the stuff that we sort of discussed and rambled on about here. Is the Hound, you know, are, how confident are you the Hounds are top four team? What do you think the, uh, the final score will be against Louisville? And, uh, yeah, are you nervous at all about the Hounds, you know, finishing the season with a, uh, with a home playoff spot? Let us know. Guys, anything else from this one? Feels like we sort of ran the gamut of everything. I'm excited to get back home for a home game, a weekend game, not a Friday game, time to tailgate, time to get back into the groove of things. It's been too long. 
Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, get down, tailgate, hang out with everybody, have a good time, and let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com. Here all of our shows, including the preview show that Justin and Steve will likely put out this week and the full 90 from last week that was actually recorded in my family room. So go check that out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at mongols. Email us at mongols at bgn.fm, at mongolspod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. One other shout out. Head over to mongols.com. Become a Patreon follower. We are in the process of designing a kit for next season that will only be available to Patreon subscribers. And some of the initial designs are pretty friggin' amazing. So we will share those once we have the final version. But make sure you go to mongols.com. Click on Become a Supporter to get the first look at that. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this show. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.